Welcome to the Grow Your Wealth Show, designed to guide you through building and growing your empire. Created for those who want to use real estate to build generational wealth. Join your host, Max Boyko, as he interviews some of the most successful real estate investors on the planet. They will guide you through the different aspects of real estate investing and succeeding in your journey. On the show, Max will be interviewing top real estate insiders. Max is a successful real estate investor who's purchased and sold properties totaling in the hundreds of millions. Now, he's bringing all of his experience to you. Grow Your Wealth Show brings you new episodes every Monday and Thursday. This show is brought to you by Optimus Capital, the leader in funding real estate investors nationwide. Let me ask you, would you like to succeed in real estate beyond where you are now? Do you have questions and don't know where to start? Would you like to learn from a veteran investor? then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Now, here's your host, Max Boyko. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the Grow Your Wealth Show, how to use real estate to build generational wealth. We'll be discovering ways to reimagine real estate from an angle that you might have never looked at it before. This is your host, Max Boyko, and today I'm joined by my friend, Michael, uh, who's also an avid investor in various asset classes. Mike, can you tell us a little bit of something about yourself? Hey, Max, it's great to be here. I'm excited about your new show. Yeah, sure. I'm a business consultant, and I've done a lot of traveling, lived in different places in the world, and uh, I have a background in real estate and investing. I definitely know that that you are an avid investor, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, so I've been in real estate really like my whole adult life, and I've constantly experimented with just about every asset class that and you know, and roll out there. You know, from conventional lending to you know brokering. Uh, I was a real estate broker. I mean, since 2006, used to have a lot of agents, but you know, we've kind of really taken to choose a little bit of a different direction uh, over the last decade or so, uh, and really focused on you know just real estate investing, um, mostly passive investments at this point, uh, as well as lending for other real estate investors. Wow. So you have a really well-rounded background in real estate. Yeah, you, could me, say, you could say I've seen it all. <laughs> wow. Tell our listeners what type of real estate projects that you've done in your career as an investor. Uh, so I've been involved. I mean, we've done, I mean, we started with as investments. We started fix and flipping um, kind of in the early 2010s, kind of when there was still a big foreclosure and short sale boom. Uh, since then, we've done over 100 single family fix and flips, gotten to apartments, multifamily, you know, some we've held, some we've sold. Most recently, land development um, with the huge boom in construction and the demand for construction and new homes. Uh, just the lack of inventory across the country, uh, really seeing a great opportunity you know, land developing and then selling off the lots or selling off a portion of the lots and then building out some houses as well. Wow, Max. That's that's a lot of different asset classes that you've been involved in, in, in investing in real estate from land development to building a, a portfolio of apartments to you. Did you say a hundred fix and flips that you've done? 
Yeah, it's probably closer to 150 or so. Uh, we've actually d- d- done a few commercial projects as well, but I mean, honestly, I've just kind of stuck to housing. I kind of got, got a real sweet spot with housing. Uh, it's easier to understand. And, you know, there's always going to be demand for a place to live. Uh, during COVID, kind of kind of resolidified my position on that because a lot of the commercial properties took pretty big hit. And there was a lot of like distressed sales, like especially when lending dried up. Uh, and, you know, housing actually recovered stronger than I think any other asset class. Uh, maybe industrial is actually a pretty pretty solid and safe one as well uh, with all the big retailers kind of going into shipping and you know needing place for storage but you know my, my sweet spot I would really say is housing related projects you know either you know anything from residential to you know biggest one we did currently is 88 units but looking at a couple larger projects to get involved in uh, in the near future. Wow. And I remember I've known you a long time. I remember you even owned a hotel at one time, didn't you? Yeah. So actually, that was one of the uh, one of the most complicated deals, I think, that we've been involved with. And it was interesting. It was a distressed sale where it was a retired hotel owner out of 150 rooms, or 152 rooms. Uh, he only had, I don't know, I think like 15 to 20 of them that were habitable. So it was a pretty distressed hotel deal. I went into it thinking to convert it to apartments, got some pretty, very pretty drawings made, spent a few hundred thousand dollars uh, figuring out how to reposition it. And before we even started construction, though, we actually got ended up getting an offer from another developer that you know, just made a lot of sense at the time. So we took that and looking back, it would have probably been pretty cool to actually go through and finish that project. Wow. So single family homes, land development, apartment buildings, and even a hotel. I thought you mentioned in the beginning that you also said you're in lending on the real estate investor side. Yeah. So in 2014, we formed Optimus Capital. Uh, because I realized there's really not a very strong support system in place for real estate investors that would educate them on all the different lending options, platforms, and really be a place where investors can rely on to always have the best lending terms that they can possibly get. Uh, We started off brokering and then later becoming direct lender. Now we've been lending out of our own capital, as well as, in some cases, setting up institutional credit lines for some of our larger clients. Uh, And I really just became, after being involved in that for a little bit, I became very passionate about lending and, you know, transitioned most of our business from being a real estate investor to being a capital provider for real estate investors. Uh, I still, you know, I get, I get that real estate rush when, you know, working on deals. So I can't, you know, if there's a good opportunistic deal that's brought to the table, it's hard to say no. A lot of times we've actually referred some of those to our clients um, and then just provide the lending for them. But, you know, but be, being on the lending side, we still kind of have, or I have that opportunity to still be involved in the transactions. So I still get that real estate rush uh, that you get when you, you know, you, you know, you scored a good deal. Uh, now I just kind of celebrate it with one of our borrowers or one of our clients uh, rather than just doing it all by ourselves. So, but since, since we formed, I mean, we've closed over 250 million and loans. I mean, we do kind of the whole coverage of products. You know, we do a lot of fix and flip loans, uh, a lot of rental loans, rental portfolios. Uh, we've actually been very, very competitive in. And, you know, recently with the new construction boom, we've gone into financing new construction and financing builders uh, at, you know, very high leverage compared to what they would traditionally get with a bank. Oh, that's really a benefit for them. Now, I know that you and Optimus Capital are located in California. Is that primarily, is that only where your company lends or do you lend in other places? A big chunk of our business is in California, but we have kind of set up a national footprint. So there's a handful of states that we are not uh, active in, but, you know, looking to expand into those as well. But I would say we're in over 40 states now. 
you know, just kind of the big thing we stay away from is kind of smaller states with primarily rural territories. Uh, But any major metro area can pretty much get the deals done. Wow. That's pretty diverse across the country. Let me ask you, when did you first become passionate about real estate? I mean, did this come in a dream? Was it, you know, when you were a child? What did it happen? What's your story with that? Uh, so honestly, real estate's really everything I've ever known. So I got my real estate license in California when I was 18 years old, and I've never done anything that wasn't real estate related since then. Uh, so, I mean, you know, started, like I mentioned earlier, starting conventional lending, then moved into, you know, finding investment properties for investors, eventually becoming an investor and, you know, and then launching our lending firm for capital, hard money and private money capital for our real estate investors. Wow. Let me let me ask you, Max, I'm sure our listeners would would definitely want to know this. What one thing do you wish that you knew when you began your career as an investor? That's a tough question. Uh, there's a lot of things I wish I knew, <laughs> but you know, a lot of these things you kind of learn with experience and just kind of as you work through deals, you know, you always want to learn from other people's mistakes. You know, there's a saying, they say, uh, you know, a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. A smart man learns from his own and a stupid man just never learns. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's okay to be smart and you kind of learn a few lessons along the way just based on your own experiences. But, you know, it's definitely better to be wise and learn from other people's experience. Uh, I'd say if, if you nail it down to one thing, I mean, just really keeping a strong lookout on market inventory. So kind of what I've learned is that the real estate inventory triggers, you know, probably four to 12 months before the actual market changes. So basically, you know, there's all MLS data has statistics, you know, is there half a month of inventory, one month, one and a half, two months. Uh, Typically like a fair, fair market is when there's two months of inventory on the market. Buyer's market is if it's over two months of inventory. A seller's market is if it's under two months of inventory. Inventory. Basically, what that kind of compares is how many buyers there are compared to how many sellers there are at any given time. So, like, say, for example, in 2006, I think in, in California, at least, there was over six months of inventory on the market, yet everyone still thought that the home values were going up. But guess what? When it's such a big sell or a big buyer's market and they have that much options to choose from and their sellers continuing to list more properties than are being absorbed by the market, uh, it just tells you that, like, hey, something's going to change. So that's kind of the biggest lesson I learned is I'm always monitoring the I mean, days on market is kind of relative, but primarily what what is the inventory? And, you know, and if you do see that the seller inventory is creeping up and it's not getting sold off and, you know, part of it is seasonal, you know, typically here, you know, in the summer we have low inventory in the winter, we have higher inventory, you know, different markets across the country might have different seasonal adjustments. But when you see that just there's more and more inventory coming on the market, just beware and just be careful, you know, just make sure that whatever deals you're getting involved in that you kind of pad a little little bit extra into them for margin because if you have to sell it lower because you know prices might go down you know five percent or ten percent you know you really want to make sure that you can at least get your money back at the end of the day like don't don't take on deals that are too risky um, you know if the market's going up then you know you can take a little bit more risk or by going up I mean there's you know no inventory so there's more buyers than there are sellers uh, you know like we'll, we'll take a little bit extra risk because you know there's gonna be buyers and typically that's gonna mean that home prices are gonna go up a little bit I would say in a nutshell, that's one of the biggest indicators that I wish I knew because uh, I got <laughs> a couple of times, uh, wasn't paying attention to that and ended up taking on risky deals when it was not the right time to take on those deals. And we just ended up, you know, either breaking even or even, you know, small losses, you know, so there's 
come across losses. It happens. It's part of, part of the career. If I had known that, I think we would have been in a much better place uh, at the time. That's really interesting, Max. That makes me want to ask you, what was your biggest failure as an investor and what did you learn from it, if anything? Biggest failure. So, I mean, every investor, I think, in their career has uh, low points. And for me, kind of that big low point, you know, I think was around 2013, 14. So we ended up, you know, I mean, I was, and I was still a very young investor at the time. Uh, we were just kind of buying, you know, we started buying, you know, one property, five, 10, um, then ended up, you know, a little too early, we took on about 35 projects and they were all kind of in rehab stage. You know, we had high leverage, high interest rate loans at the time, uh, making monthly payments. And my operations manager, I mean, he had a life changing event happen and basically ended up having to step down. You know, basically everything fell on my shoulders and it was just way too many moving pieces to be able to handle with, you know, kind of one person, you know, managing that many projects as well as all the other things I had going on. And, and we just basically couldn't get the projects done fast enough. And there was like a couple of years where there was, you know, kind of an adjustment, you know, where it's same thing is uh, I mentioned earlier is the inventory started creeping up. So, you know, home prices just weren't selling where we're used to just every, you know, every six months, the prices would be higher than the previous six months that rapidly stopped. And with that many projects, I mean, we had, I want to say like $12 million outstanding <laughs> we're paying hard money for, you know, and at the time interest rates on hard money were, you know, 11, 12%. Uh, so, I mean, we're dishing out hundred thousand dollars a month in, in interest and basically just really just wiped us out. Um, well, we, we paid off all our lenders. We paid off all the investors at the time, you know, got out of it. But basically all the money we made previously to that basically got burned out by going through that process. That was just a big lesson that I think I learned is, you know, sometimes you just don't want to grow faster than your support system can handle. So just you have to make sure that you kind of always have a backup person because, you know, say employees or even partners, you know, they could step down, they can, you know, something can happen to them. And you want to make sure that you're in position with a plan B that if something does happen, that kind of you're never really ready for it, but that at least you have a way of adjusting. You know, the one thing that today with what I know, what that I would have done is basically, you know, listed off half the projects and, you know, they look like they would have made profit, but, you know, honestly, we would have made a lot more or kept a lot, saved a lot more if we just sold off probably half of them at the time and just kind of gotten liquidity back and been able to, you know, finish the rest of them much faster. So just don't outgrow your capacity. And I've seen a lot of new investors. I mean, that's one big thing when I talk to, you know, when I get consulting calls, uh, that's one thing I talk to investors about is, you know, just are, are you sure you want to take on that many projects right now? Um, how many have you done at a time previously? And, you know, a lot of times I've walked them off the cliff and then, you know, say a year later, they call me and they're like, oh man, yeah, thank you for stopping us because, you know, we're, we're going to take on 10 more deals, but, you know, we didn't with your advice and, you know, we barely handled what we had at the time. Uh, because, you know, there, there's a lot of surprises with real estate. Like when you're rehabbing properties, there's surprises with agents, with people, buyers cancel, buyers get extensions, buyers back out. There's not always a backup buyer for them. So you just really, you got, you got to work within your means and just try it to avoid overexpanding uh, past what your capacities are. And, you know, always just keep some reserves. Uh, you never want to have an empty bank account when you're uh, working on an addition or a new construction project, for example. Uh, I get those calls all the time and it's like, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to do a loan when you don't have any money and, you know, we're going to finance you, but then how are you going to pay for it? Right. So, you know, lenders are going to look at that, you know, quite a bit. You, know, you just always want to have a little bit of extra liquidity stashed away somewhere. 
Need access to more capital for your real estate projects? You're in luck. Max is the leader and managing director of Optimus Capital, a national private money firm, which provides capital to real estate investors throughout the country. They offer some of the most competitive terms and rates in the industry. Currently, they fund single-family flips up to 90% of the purchase price and 100% of the rehab costs. They also fund new construction, rentals. It doesn't matter if you have one rental or an entire portfolio of 100. They get it done. They also fund multifamily, refinances of all types. Optimus Capital has closed hundreds of millions in loans for real estate investors throughout the country. Whether you're a seasoned, experienced investor or just getting started and haven't done a deal, Optimus Capital has got you covered. Head over to OptimusCapitalCorp.com now and fill out the quick form. The professional team at Optimus Capital is standing by ready to assist you now. Max, you've had quite a career as an investor. I remember I personally have been at dozens and dozens, maybe 50 or 70 of your properties over the years. Apartment buildings, even that hotel you were speaking about, many of the flip projects, your ground up ventures, your rentals, uh, even if your Airbnb projects. And I have to say you have a, a tremendous amount of experience. And that being said, what advice could you give a newer investor just starting out? Uh, I'd say starting out, people start out at different uh, different parts of their lives. So some people, you know, they've done a lot of reading. Some people have attended webinars or, you know, attended a lot of these. You know, there's a lot of these real estate education universities that, you know, a lot, a lot of what they teach is theory versus practice. But at the same time, without the theory, you can't do the practice. Uh, one thing I'd really recommend is to make sure that you have a great mentor that you can really run your deals by because when you're starting out, you know, everything could look like a good deal, but I just can't tell you how many times I've seen a brand new investor just overpay for a property or miscalculate the renovations. You know, they got a bid from a contractor and they think that's the actual bid, but you know, when those change orders come and you end up, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 over budget, I mean, it's, you, you got to be ready for that. So, you know, I'd say having a great mentor, but then also uh, just getting multiple opinions on resale values and multiple opinions on construction costs until you get really, really good at being able to determine it yourself. You know, once you've done, say, 10 projects, you know, you know what your costs are going to be for windows. You know what your costs are going to be for paint, for drywall, for, you know, like all, all the all the scope of work items. But start, starting out, you know, people will tell you one thing, but you always just want to double check and make sure that, you know, you compare with vendors, you compare with subcontractors and don't just rely on one source of information because, you know, that source of information doesn't have as much at stake as you would have personally. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's that definitely. Thanks for providing that value. Let me let me ask you, what what would you say are the best resources that have helped along the way? I'm a pretty avid reader and, you know, just really, you know, I, I believe that you know, information is powerful, but the proper use of information is what is actually going to get you places. So I'd say, you know, resource wise, I mean, just really get read up on, you know, there's a lot of great books out there. I'd, I'd say starting out like the first, the first part of what I really 
like to focus on is uh, mindset because without the right mindset going into it, your chances of succeeding just go down significantly. So, you know, I, I really like Napoleon Hill's concepts on mindset, you know, thinking, grow rich and, you know, the laws of success. I mean, he just really teaches about how powerful a belief system is. And by believing, like you can, in a lot of ways, impact, you know, the people you're talking to, you know, because when they see how strongly you believe in something, you know, they're more likely to uh, agree with you. Uh, but also just believing in yourself and believing that you can get it done and that success is right across the horizon. Because, if, you know, when once you believe, that's really, I, I find to be the first step. And uh, I don't know if that's considered a resource, but, you know, for me, I consider that a resource. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Mindset is extremely important. And I love Napoleon Hill's books. I still remember when I when I first read Think and Grow Rich. Let me ask you, who has been the most influential to you as an investor? So kind of the history, kind of looking back at investors and, you know, I, I don't look at just what they accomplished, but also on their values, how they structure their systems, uh, how they how they structure their businesses. Uh, one, one of the biggest people or biggest influencers that I know is Trammell Crow. Um, there's actually a book about him. It's called Trammell Crow Master Builder. And it was just really eye-opening on how to create strategic relationships in real estate. So this guy came back from the Navy in like the... Like right after World War II, I was working as a CPA. And when he was 33 years old, went into real estate investing and, you know, did his first deal. He was mostly an industrial, but then, you know, they, they went into housing as well in the future. But basically, he just structured these strategic relationships with sellers, with financiers, with banks, with investors. And he just created this huge web of relationships. Um, this is actually in the book. There's, there's a picture of it. And it's just quite amazing, um, basically, how... how how strategic partnerships, how powerful, how, how much they can impact your investment strategy, because you know you never know who you're going to meet and how you're going to meet them. And by, you know, always treating everyone as a valuable connection or as a valuable relationship and, you know, trying to give back to them and really just, you know, creating win-win strategies, it just the, the, the world of opportunities opens up and, you know, creates opportunities, create themselves. Basically it's, I've seen it. I've experienced that in my own life. You know, I mean, I was, you know, one time walking a property and you know, a property that we're fixing up and flipping. I met the neighbor across the street who was walking his dog. You know, we just started talking and, you know, I told him, Hey, if you ever need anything, you know, like technically neighbors for the time being till we sell the property, but, you know, happy to, happy to help <laughs> however I can. Uh, and he ended up introducing me to one of our largest investors that I've had the opportunity to work with um, who owns, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of commercial real estate. Trammel wow. Crow was very, well-versed in building relationships and creating relationships by treating them with respect. And in return, it grew his business because people would want to work with him, but they would also want to refer their other business associates to work with him. And that's kind of how you can start exponentially expanding your relationship base. Wow. I, I actually haven't, haven't read uh, Trammell Crow. I'm going to definitely make it a point to, I actually, I'm going to use my next audible credit and see if there's an audio book on it, to be honest with you, Max, you have a lot of tenacity and a lot of energy to get all these different projects done. Even, you know, more than a dozen projects going at, at any given one time that I've seen you, what motivates you to actually get up in the morning 
and go into the office? Where do you get your 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 passion and your strength and your energy from to do this stuff? Uh, I got, you know, family and four, uh, four wonderful kids. And, you know, just kind of knowing that I'm helping build a future that they can be a part of, you know, that's definitely motivating, but, you know, kind of on the work side, I mean, I'm just super passionate about providing solutions to real estate investors, you know, troubleshooting variables involved in transactions, just figuring out ways to get things done that other people might give up on. And, you know, for me, solving problems is, I think, one thing that really motivates me to just, you know, keep going. I just really enjoy it. Keeps your mind sharp and, you know, keeps you always having to find sources of information that other people might have not, not thought about. Definitely. Definitely. I know, I know you shared uh, Trammell Crow and the book uh, with Trammell, but are there any other books that you could recommend um, to our listeners today? Uh, so, I mean, I mentioned before, Napoleon Hill's books are all great. I mean, Think and Grow Rich and the Laws of Success. I mean, those will really teach you the foundation of mindset. Uh, another really good one, and I think this one has a lot to do with real estate, is you know Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, that's just a good book because real estate is all about relationships. It's all about influencing the people around you to collaborate or cooperate, you know, influencing for me doesn't necessarily mean like doing it to where you get what you need or what you want, but influencing to show people that, Hey, this, you know, there's an opportunity here to create a win-win relationship or a win-win scenario. You know, whether you're dealing with a home seller or you're dealing with realtors or you're dealing with lenders, uh, if you don't know how to build those relationships and how to get people to like you or how to want to be friends with you, you know, it's your, your chances of succeeding go down significantly. And I mean, it's, you know, having the right friends and the right influencers around you, I would say is, you know, one of the keys to success in our industry. So I would say, you know, those are kind of the top three, but you know, there's, there's a long list of other ones and, you know, maybe I'll publish that on kind of our reading list uh, that we'll generate on our blog. But for now, I think we can. (laughs) Absolutely, Max. I definitely really like Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People. I actually read those as a teenager and I still have those books. And you mentioned uh, your network and friends um, is really important to have doors open for you in in the industry. And I know you have plans to actually interview some really successful people in investing and in real estate here on your show. What are what are your plans in that area? Yeah. So, you know, being our first show, there's, you know, just so many directions we can go. Uh, you know, I don't have a deep podcasting or really speaking career, but I, re- I really want to start being able to give back to the community and give back to, you know, whether new investors that are wanting to get started or investors that have already flipped, you know, 100 plus properties. Uh, I think there's, there's always something to learn and there's always new insight on the industry, on strategies, on acquisition strategies, on renovation strategies, you know, on building uh, technology, I mean, that that's exponentially growing and expanding with, you know, a lot of different varieties with, you know, panelized construction and, you know, various concrete mixes that you can build out of. So, you know, with this show, I really want to be able to find the best of the best in our industry, bring them on, you know, get get some words of wisdom from them that our listeners can listen to and, you know, take and implement, you know, where we're just going to be providing information and content that is going to be relative to the industry. It's going to be relative to today's time and allow 
real estate investors to succeed, whether you're wanting to do passive investing um, by buying rental properties or portfolios, or whether you're looking to start building, or maybe you flipped a bunch of homes and now you want to start building. Now, really being able to have a resource available for you to you know, learn and you know, get get some wisdom off of other people's experience to be able to grow your business to the next level or, you know, just to even further than that, you know, grow bigger than you ever imagined possible. If that's your goal. I mean, some people are, you know, don't don't necessarily have as big of dreams or goals as others. Uh, but I think, you know, even if you want to just have a handful of properties as, you know, residual rental income, being able to do that strategically and in the right way, you still win and you know, you could have a better portfolio by having knowledge about certain things. Max, I'm excited about your future episodes and I can't wait to listen to them. And lastly, Max, I want to ask you, where can our listeners here today actually connect with you online? We have a uh, best way to connect with me is probably on our website. I actually have a direct scheduler that you can go on to and schedule a conversation if you, you know, want to talk about a deal or really anything else. Um, so our website is www.optimuscapitalcorp, O-P-T-I-M-U-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L-C-O-R-P.com and then forward slash max, M-A-X. Um, so that'll have kind of my contact information as well as, you know, an ability to submit a deal or schedule a conversation uh, to discuss a scenario or if you're just looking for some advice, you know, happy to uh, happy to give it. Okay. I, I assume you'll have a link for that uh, that everybody can click as well. Then it goes to what your what your website or something, huh? Yeah, we'll drop the link in our in our podcast. Awesome. Awesome, Max. So this concludes our show. Thank you for joining us. Really hope you got some valuable information and I look forward to seeing you on the next show. Thanks for tuning in to Grow Your Wealth Podcast, brought to you by Optimus Capital. If you liked this episode, be sure and follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show? Reach out to OptimusCapitalCorp.com slash show to access the resources mentioned in each episode. Until next time, remember to use real estate to build generational wealth.